Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of uh, Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. And me, the, the old man who still tries to fight teenagers and wears sags his pants too much, Jason Smith. <laughs> You do. You write a new one every every week, right? <laughs> I just think of dumb things. Like no, no, no. It's fantastic. Like right now, every like, night you write a new one. Yeah, I try I and fight it. people. I try and fight people in front of the Bob's Big Boy. That was going to be it. Um, These are all TM trademark pending, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, how good does my does my hair look like Conan today? Is that? Oh, dude, he looks good. It's not quite as tall, but it's looking smooth. Like it is. It's it's looking fuller. Did you green screen the hair too? Is that new? No, but the mic obviously is green screen. What the f is going on with the mic here, buddy? Look at that. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think you would be able to tell me. I just thought I'd mention it. So now people can look at it instead of me. Like, oh, that mic is twitching. It is twitchy. I am ready for today. I, 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 I can't even. I, first I of all. Sleeve, I went sleeveless. I didn't shave the arm, so there's still like some nice arm hair. I am ready to get into this. This is going to be fucking awesome. Oh, uh, listen. I can't I wait. I got all my testosterone it. inside me right now. But I want to take a minute, though, because we got some good news right before the show. So I want to put it out into the universe, right? Mom's yeah, okay. Put it out in the she universe. She's at home. She's yep, well. My, the surgery my mom, went well. Mayo Clinic pretty, rocks. So. The Mayo Clinic's awesome. I told you guys yesterday it's the Uber of and it's the IKEA of uh, of hospitals. They they gave you text messages as you got all the all the way through it. Doctor called right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, mom was fine. They, they the menu was like four pages. It was like a cheesecake factory in there. There's so much food options. It's like, what are you doing? It was awesome. So she did great. She just got home. Um, they they walked her in and and they 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 basically took her all the way to the door in a, in the wheelchair to the hotel room, not just out of the hospital, all the way to the hotel. They took her all the way there, wheeled her right to her door inside the house, basically to the bed. Amazing, yeah. You know, and I, I want to shout something out. I normally don't do this, Please. but I I just want to say this. Um, I've been working with I work with a lot of different podcasters and a lot of different people who you know, that I know at different stages. And I, um, I'm working, you know, I was working with a gentleman named Tom Cavanaugh. And I don't know if anybody remembers who Tom Cavanaugh is. Great actor. He was in that show, Ed, back in the day with Michael Ian Black. And he was on, he did lots of different stuff, but he's really I funny know, Canadian actor. he's fantastic. He's fantastic. So He's got the high hair. He's got a good Yeah, he's got hair. the high hair. Uh-huh. He yeah. and I have yeah. talked yeah. one yeah. time. We talked mm-hmm. one time, ever. And it was a little while ago, and, and we were talking about moving a show, and if we had something to work on. He found out through the grapevine after one time talking that, that we had a, my mom was in the hospital. I got a two page. Hey, I heard about this. I don't want to get into it, but I just want to let you know that I hope, you know, I, I'm wishing your family well. I'm wishing your mom well. I hope you take care, you know, and this is, a, this is a gentleman I've talked to once a while ago, but had enough of a connection and enough thought that just wanted to reach out and say, um, I'm thinking of you. And I, 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 I mean, and I love it when people, uh, my friends do it and everybody else, but it's really kind of interesting. Like there's just nice people. This is why I believe the world is genuine, genuinely good. That's why I like having these conversations. You know, that's why yeah. I always like it through art. And look again, we're talking about an artist and, and you know, uh, what is it? Tom Cavanaugh, right? Mm-hmm. And I watched every episode of Ed. I love that show. The bowling alley. It was a good hang. Yeah, it was great. One of my favorites. He's a talented guy. He's very likable. So, I mean, yeah. obviously this is from the inside out. He's a likable yep. guy from the inside out. It's not uh, acting. No, no, he's a he's All a right. good man. 
Uh, okay, so speaking of getting out of the hospital, and congratulations, yeah. Linda Hazelberry, we're all thrilled. But speaking of going into and getting out of the hospital, it brings us very adeptly to our next guest who made a movie that is the top move documentary, at least, if not the top download. No, it's not the top download film. It's the top documentary on TV. <laughs> Take and that, Carol Baskin. Oh, this place is, this thing, this thing is just, I mean, it's like this, it's like the park itself. He made a documentary about a place where I, I grew up. I grew up there coming from Long Island. Everyone's like, I'm from Long Island. They're like, oh, Jesse Shore. I'm like, no. Okay. You know, like, I'm not, <laughs> like maybe I feel like they just beat us to the punch. It could have been Strong Island or something instead of Jersey Shore. So like we were there every weekend and, or at least, I mean, it was two to three times a month. No problem. And someone was driving, we're going with older kids, and it was nuttier even. I mean, no, he, Seth captured it. So let's just get to it, right? Let's just, I can't, okay. I'm just talking now. Jason, Do it. I got to bring Seth right. on. So ladies and gentlemen, the director of Class Action Park. What? Oh, I was going to say, you're, you're, you're sounding a little tinny. You want to check your mic real quick? Yeah, I do. I do. Is that better? Um, try, no, I need go into the settings and then we'll bring on so sorry, Seth. I know you're there and I'm really sorry. I just want to make sure he sounds yeah, right. Seth, well, you can bring Seth on too, you right. know. I mean, yeah, we'll talk, Seth. Seth we'll talk while on. he tries to figure out how to make his microphone. Yeah, uh, he's got that on. disco mic, he's, he's yeah. got that disco mic going there on. There he is, yeah. Seth Porges. And by the way, it's not Porge, no, just so you know. Okay, what should I do here? I'm, in, I'm in the settings here, Jason. What am I supposed to do? What is, look at audio. I'm on audio. And what does it say for your mic? It says default. The oh, I see what happened. See, see what he did. It's not the Yeti. It's there the it is. Guy. Now listen to it. Doesn't he sound so much better now? You can hear those, those, those. How's that? Those golden tones. I'm, that? I'm blown away. Whatever you're selling, <laughs> man. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth Porges. Hey. Yeah. What's, the, <laughs> what's up, buddy? Look at him. He's all like a literary, sitting at the bookshelf. It's very Just nice. Lounging. Yeah, I love I your really like, like disco sequin microphone thing going on yeah, right now. It wasn't on purpose, man. I think it just was so excited that you were that here. That should be a trademark. Talk about. <laughs> Listen, I. I... <laughs> okay, I'm gonna run with that. Let's let's have it be my trademark, and that and that hat is yours. I like I'll take that. It. Hat. Okay, all so, right. First of all, where are you from, Seth? I'm from uh, near Washington D.C. Okay, so you're a D.C. guy. So what makes you interested in the lunacy that was my teenage formidable years? Action. Park. I went to I went to Action Park as a kid. You know, so I, I grew up going to all the theme parks: Disney World, Universal, Six Flags. But then every once in a while, we get in the car and we drive that five hour, six hour drive up to Jersey. <laughs> we'd end up at at this place called Action Park. And the moment you step foot in Action Park, you know you're not in Disneyland, right? Like the first thing that greets you when you walk up to the gate of Action Park is a gigantic enclosed tube water slide that goes in a loop-de-loop. And from the second you see that, you know that like the rules of, of God and man don't apply here. Like leave your assumptions at the door. Leave leave, leave anything you think at the door because this is, this is nuts. This is nuts. Yeah. yeah. Did you ride that? Did you ride that one? No. It's one of those, I mean, that ride was so seldomly open that that really added to the mystique and myth of it, right? Like like everybody who went to the park would go there and it was just never see open. It. When you would see right. it. But you couldn't it. get on it. Yeah, I didn't ride it. it. I couldn't get it on it. It would tantalize you. It would it would tease you because you think to yourself, like, would I? And it wasn't even an option. I saw people go down it. I was told oh, that did? it was, yeah, I was told as employees for going down. I was told it wasn't open to the public because some kid got stuck in it. So when yeah. you're just walking around Action Park, 
these like urban legends are happening in real time you know like like you don't even it's not even like years later it's like minutes go by and you're just like steeped in this world of urban legend uh, right and and by the way i heard all the same stories and yes. they were all amazing and i wanted and they're all true know, I believe, and they're all true right, they're all true right all true. they were worse well that's what this that's what this uh, brings it now i was a guy who spent a lot of time in motor park but let's get there so you're a kid you go to action park it leaves a mark literally figuratively did you do the alpine slide oh i did the alpine slide did you make it down or did you flip off? I did. I was so young when I went to Action Park that uh -huh. I was only on like the kitty one, you know, the, the grandma track basically. And you'd right. see – like like you knew this thing was messed up because when you take the <laughs> ski lift up to the top of the Alpine Slide – do we need to explain what an Alpine Slide is? We might yes, need to, yes. right? Yes, Why don't you? Yes, please explain. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. You're good. So, Seth, go. so, so you take a <laughs> ski lift to the top of this mountain because this is mostly a ski resort. Action Park was like the summertime thing. And yeah, there Verna would be – Valley Great Gorge, this lunatic. And yeah. you explain it so well in your documentary this lunatic entrepreneur who had a lot to do with the pump and dump stuff right in the 80s yes yes yeah he was uh involved he had his hands in a lot of different rackets uh he is yeah yeah but he basically uncle george was, uncle gene close enough yeah, but uncle he gene bought said. up yeah he bought up these ski resorts in new jersey uh the story behind that is a story for another day but he gets his mm. hand on these ski resorts and he really quickly is like well the new jersey ski season is really short you know, you're just you're not making much money. So yeah. first thing he does is he installs a bunch of snowmaking machines. He builds the largest snowmaking machine in the world by taking a jet engine, like a Boeing style, like jet engine and attaching it to a ski engine. Absolutely. Yeah. And you yeah, can like hear for miles. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still like, I need a way to make money in the summer. So he starts building rides and, and water slides and all this stuff. And one of the first the very first ride was the Alpine slide. And the Alpine slide is basically a concrete fiberglass. But the main ingredient was actually asbestos track just like mm. thrown onto the side of the mountain. You take a ski lift to the top and you take this real black diamond runs. He's putting these yes. alpine slides on. Let's just be clear. And also, uh, wait, so, so you said something. All right, go on because they're black diamond runs. He's putting these, these cement tracks down because he wants to make money. On oh, the it was mostly an asbestos track. Don't, don't be mistaken. <laughs> this wasn't made of cement. It was literally, it was literally made uh, of asbestos. Uh, so yeah. So, so they get to the top. And the first thing you see when you get to the top is a bunch of warning signs with just bloody like wounds on them. It's basically like, you know, a real warning. Like this is what could happen if you don't oh. follow the directions. Remember those things? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. Wait one second, Seth. Uh, yeah, there you go, Jason. See, I was just going to tell him I'm watching a commercial and I'm too interested in what you're saying. I don't want to be distracted. Continue, please, no. sir. No, no. So you'd see these just wounds, like bloody, gory pictures as a warning. Like this is a situation where you should take these warnings seriously. Well, Nobody that's how did we take come him. to school. That's yeah, how we come to school the next uh, Monday. If you had like a, you know, it was like a, a war wound. You'd be like, oh, every all of New Jersey. Slide. And this is what's Long so Island, same thing, I guess. Yeah. They're not wrong. Oh. They're not wrong, Seth. And this is what's Go so on. interesting about people who grew up in this area in this time that I think is so strange to people who aren't aware of this is just how normal all this was. Like Action Park was a place that like people were getting hurt at left and right. The Alpine slide alone on a busy weekend day would injure hundreds of people a day, hundreds of people in a single day. And that was just normal. That was just normal. And I think that's that's so astonishing. Like when you think about it, right? Isn't it? Well, I think it is. Well, it's beyond astonishing because I was <laughs> yeah. watching. Now I've watched your movie twice now, and both times I get something different from it. But I think the reason I, I'm going to have to watch it a third time is because half the time I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, this was just normal." Like I'd go, everybody would go, yeah. me, my friend Chris, my friend Alan. Like we'd all go. We'd get a ride. We'd go with seniors. It like, and then when we were seniors, we're driving, and we would go to these things, and we would expect to flip off. We would expect maybe. Some 
someone's going to end up in the hospital getting stitches. I, uh, look at the cleft chin. It's like, yeah. you know, a, a boom. It just burst like an exploding cigar in a, in a, in a fucking uh, cartoon. You know, and it was just like, oh, step in the circle and we're going to spray it. I'm like, spray it. It's fucking exploded. Yeah. So yeah we got to talk about that circle. You got yeah, you got to talk about that circle. Yeah. Okay, so, 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 Why don't no, you? No, so, so you tell me, man. You were there. Like, what was the circle? Tell me about the circle. They take you to this, this fucking I, look to me. It looked like an outhouse. And, uh, I, you know, I, I guess apparently, according to your documentary, it was where everybody was banging, too. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. I, you know, great. So that great. only added to the. <laughs> so I thought about that, by the way, I'm sitting there going, really? Like that was yeah. going on? I wasn't. I didn't even think about it. And by the way, I was in there twice at the chin and then something on the side, but it wasn't bad on the side. It was just a scrape. It didn't even scar. But yeah. they spray you with that stuff or whatever that thing is. And it's in like a, you know, like a guy who's going to. Uh, like an orange Windex bottle, right? What the it's, it's, it was not clean. Yeah. I thought it no. was, I thought it was white that turned orange. Like, you know, I didn't realize that it was, uh, that it was, uh, you know, at some point it wasn't see-through. I thought it was no. white. It burned like iodine or whatever in there. Burned it well, to yeah, orange Yeah, it was, color. it was, they didn't tell you what it was. They would just spray no. you with it. And yeah. it, they basically say like, we have to clean your wound, sit still. And it was the most painful thing anybody had ever encountered. Like people would come with these massive wounds and they'd get like half their body sprayed. Yeah. And they'd refuse to get sprayed more because it was just so painful. Uh, of course, we all know Crying. later now that it was uh, like a weird mixture of iodine and alcohol, which ouch, man, just ouch. Oh, but they're yep. spraying it deep in the deep in the wound. They were want to spray spraying it in this, and I was like, "Nah, this is a hospital thing. Yeah, I, I got to go to the hospital." So the circle. So so tell me. T- yes. So the circle. So they the stand circle. you inside the circle, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna spray you with the shit." And well, I didn't say shit. They're gonna spray you with this stuff, and you know, you just gotta stay inside the circle until the pain wears off. And you're like, oh, "Okay," you know, I'm like, "Oh, whatever. I'm gonna do that." And they spray you like, "Ah!" And I'm in it. For me, I started crying. I jumped out of the circle. I wanted stuff to pour on it, and there's nothing in there. They tell you to get a prize. They tell you to get a prize if you stay in the circle, right? No No one told me anything about a prize. Uh, No, I didn't get that. I wish I got a prize, but I wouldn't have got it anyway because I couldn't stay in the circle. The thing was too too much. It was like a sport (laughs) for Action Park employees was like see if if people could stay in the circle. And they'd tell them if you could stay in the circle, you'd win a prize. And over like a two or three year period, only two people managed to stay in the circle. And they didn't have any prizes lined up because nobody's staying in the circle. And so the best they could produce was like an Action Park pen. I mean, and this is the thing that you really delved into also, which I was pissed I missed the train on this, which is like there is a whole subculture of these kids who are my kid's age now, my 16-year-old son. These lunatic 16-year-olds are running the asylum, 18, 19 at the oldest, and then they have that come on, I want to lay a party at the park all night. I mean, kids running around in an amusement park all night. I mean, how insane. Yeah, they would fund the parties. They they call it scarfing. That's when they would basically, after the you know the park was shut down, they dive all the pools and try to find any money or jewelry or anything that people had had dropped. Oh. So you know you you just like scarf the bottom of the wave pool and you get gold chains, you get cat jersey in the eighties. Of course, there's gold chains, right? You get oh, gold yeah. chains, Plenty. you get cash, Mister T get, starter you, kits. Yeah, and uh, you know you're supposed to turn it in, but of course you know you got to give yourself a little taste, right? So everybody's <laughs> everybody's getting some. Um, then whatever was turned in and wasn't claimed, uh, that would fund the employee bashes. And the employee bashes were were legend. They were legendary. Yeah, and I they were running this whole park. And these were kids. They didn't have training in these rides. Oh. And now we're looking at the tra- at the trailer here. I was on the boats a lot. Like that was the thing. You'd get the fake licenses. They didn't care there. As long as you had something that said license that they could photocopy, <laughs> they didn't give a crap. 
Yeah, and and the the beer tent was right next to all the Motor World stuff. So next to like the speedboats, next to these aren't go karts; they're legit racing cars, like Lola. Sixty miles Grand. an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and after hours, employees would take them on Route ninety four, which ran through the middle of the park, get liquored up, have a good time. I mean, so let me ask you this: now, a couple of people, some people died. Yes. All right. So so what? Can you get into that a little? I know you do in the documentary, but I want to sure. let you just talk about it a bit. Yeah, I mean, the place was legitimately a dangerous place. And it's it's amazing, you know, making this movie because so many people, it sounds like yourself included, myself to some degree, who went to the park, even if it got hurt, you had a good time. And that's yep. what's so strange about Action Park is it says something about us because, you know, people knew it was dangerous. It, was, it wasn't a secret that this place was dangerous. It wasn't a secret that you had a really good chance of showing up at school with like a, a permanent scar the, ne- the next day, right? But that yeah. what that didn't keep people away. That's what drew them in. That was the appeal of it. And that that just that's why this place is so fascinating to me because you know it's typically like you put your hand in a hot stove, you're like, ouch, I'm taking my hand away from the stove. Action Park was that hot stove, you just keep it on there as longer and longer and longer to prove you can do it more than the other guy, right? And yes, and yeah, and, and the place was just like <laughs> a perfect storm of of dangerous elements i mean you had poorly designed Colorado river we're watching here i mean i remember going through that tube, that tunnel whatever the hell you want to call it you know many fights broke out on that thing just because everyone like you don't know is banging into each other you're just banging into it colorado river was nuts and you look at just footage of it people are like that just looks like a normal river raft ride but it was cranked up so high so so the initial plan we talked about some movie when they built it was to be something closer to like a lazy river ride like a real gentle you know nice day at the park uh but during construction the owner would frequently go into rides while they're building them and and just come up with ways to make them like bigger and more extreme and weirder and wilder just like why don't we do this and they would just do that without any testing so he decided to crank up the intensity on the colorado river ride to be a realistic simulation of class four rapids uh so they do this and they send some kids down and they literally are coming out like unconscious or whatever else so if it turned about down a little it's still totally nuts just a really nuts, nuts, nuts ride. Um, and oh, and then he starts he, with the lifeguards, right? He's he didn't in, want lifeguards. Like, oh, yeah, why? What the hell? Yeah, he didn't want any lifeguards on this ride because he said the real Colorado River doesn't have lifeguards. <laughs> yeah, it's an amusement park, pal. We're sending our kids here to be safe. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You're way wrong. So go on. Yeah, yeah. So the place was legitimately a dangerous place. You had poorly designed rides that were amped up by this uh, eccentric owner uh you had very young often drunk staff kids as young as 14 years old in charge and they're not you know you go to water park now it's like somebody goes on a slide they wait till they're clear then they send somebody else this park it's like next 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 and it's like six kids going on at once and clogging up the tubes you know like all all rules were off and then the people coming into the park you know this place had this reputation and it became kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where people knew this is a place you could do anything you want. So people went there to do whatever they wanted. And they would go there with, <laughs> with the intent, like the intention of, of causing, just doing crazy, crazy stuff. So they fights would be breaking out. There would be, we, I mean, and, and the park kind of almost encouraged it in some ways. So they would have things like, um, at one point, the park decided to be a good idea to have paintball as an attraction. It's like in the early days of paintball as a thing. And they decided to organize, I think it was... Um, queens versus bronx it might have been like queens versus brooklyn paintball oh, that's match. a movie that's a movie 
Yeah, so all these kids from like Queens, all these kids from Bronx or Brooklyn are separated these teams and they just start pistol whipping each other and like the fists are out and it's it's like Hunger Lord Games. Of people flies just with Lord of the Flies with paintball guns. They are literally just pistol whipping each other and smashing like the whole these oh. things into each other because why not, right? They had an attraction there that was uh, it wasn't officially licensed. It was a ripoff of uh, American Gladiators where you as an attendant at the park could joust some like jacked up dude named Turbo, <laughs> and, and do all. It wasn't the actual and, Turbo, just the jacked it's, dude. It's just some Turbo. random dudes from Jersey. Yeah, they they they, they actually uh, the official American Gladiators people pushed like legal action against them because it was just yeah, such like a cease and desist. Like we're going to yes. sue you, and Uncle yes. Gene's like, yeah, bring it. I, I got so much kind money of. for litigation. I'm yeah. looking for a place to bury this cash. Yeah. So so yeah. So people got hurt on a daily basis. Hundreds of well, hundreds how many died? people got. But how many um, died? Yeah. So if you want to count deaths that are like directly oh. associated with rides, let's say five to six. Other <laughs> people died from things I think it's not really as fair to blame on the park just because like a million people a year are coming in. Stuff's going to happen. Right? Right. right. But let's just say no, five I to six. just mean ride related. That's all. Yeah. Like they're liable for what happened. Let's say five to six. And a big part of why we wanted to make this movie was, you know, to actually work to, <laughs> to, to kind of as if saying community it's the duala dean of man you know like it's it's this place that represents i think like the best yeah it's it's like everything that makes life fun and this this weird masochistic appeal at the same time as a place that for many people was a site of immense pain and heartache and even death and typically when people talk about like the legend of action park it's become this myth where they kind of ignore that second part. Like the deaths become like a footnote. And I thought it was really mm-hmm. important in the movie and the way we kind of structured it was to build up that legend and make people just really live in the moment and the party and see the appeal, like make you feel like you're a 1980s New Jersey kid who's hyped up and psyched to go to action park. He just has all your wildest dreams and then just mm-hmm. like slam into you with the reality and, and show you, show you that. And yeah, that's the yeah. movie is. Yeah. No, you you nailed that. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, this footage. Where the hell did you get all this footage, Seth? <laughs> all that archival. Yeah. It was it was uh, it was a treasure hunt everywhere, man. So you know, seven years ago, I made a short film about Action Park uh, that went kind of viral, and a lot of people just started reaching out to me, like to share their stories, send their photos, mm-hmm. sometimes send me their footage. So I got a lot from that. We kind of put the bat signal up, like you know. Hey, anybody got any action park footage? Send it our way. We got some that way. And then some of it was literally just like digging through people's attics, the attics of like the <laughs> Vernon Historical Society. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you like wow. the weird dusty bins where you find old VHS tapes or some hand scrawled words of action park are on and we drop it in and we see what we've got. And then there's and a lot of long. just, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> just like, I think it was his lesser known brother. Um, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank, not not Frank. It's uh, Timmy. Yeah, there's another one. Oh, Timmy. Yeah, Stallone. T- Timmy. Stallone. Timmy. Timmy Stallone uh, from uh, from from West Orange. We haven't. We don't hear much about him though. Um, but Frank, yeah, no, we had so you, you know a, bu- a bunch of old like uh, TV ads which you're watching right now, and then yeah. uh, a bunch. I remember of, those ads, but I remember watching them as they would come on. I remember that yeah. that girl was like, "Come to Action Park," and I'm like, "Yeah, let's yeah. go." I had a oh, crush so this, on her. So this ride we're watching right now, Surf Hill, you're about to see these guys do this crazy jump. And this jump here was this is, the employees would literally uh, take that mat that they're going down and they put trash cans and other mats under the mat to build up this jump. And they kept doing it more and more until somebody literally broke their neck. Uh, but that was a place where every morning all of the park executives would camp out because they had like an observation deck overlooking that area. And that is where every day 
you would just see tops flying off like nonstop, like tops, 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 oh. gone, 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 gone. So I can't tell you how many kids told us like the first time they ever saw, uh, you know, some Top parts was... of a yeah was at Action Park. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah. yeah, 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 that was a lot. And plus, you know, was this the ride where they had where, where it's the skid ending and then all the shorts are off and the tops? Are so off. this one right here, that's Cannonball Falls, where you right. basically get shot out the side of a mountain, and that ride hurt a lot of people, uh, kind of in surprising ways because you can't really see, but it's basically drilled into the mountain, like it's an underground tube ride, and it was built at this incredibly sharp angle so people would go down and they'd slam into the slide at this like sharp turn instead of you know gently Ooh. turning and they would just like get dislocated shoulders broken arms all sorts of crazy stuff would happen then they get dropped like 10 or 15 feet into this ice cold water they go into shock uh constantly being lake pulled water up. right it's, yeah it was like stream water so they're in, in, in the shade water. too so there's like no it, it, it was it was very cold. It's like twenty degrees. You're, you're lucky you didn't get hypothermia. And I remember getting dumped into that. And I'll tell Wait, you what else. Didn't the, you say uh, there were one... like fish and there's like wildlife <laughs> inside that water, right? There's. I think I, the guy, the employee, said it. It stream fit. It, you know, holds native trout. He said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, it's like, and like we're looking at the wave pool right now. This yeah, thing, the this thing pool. was not legal. Yeah, that thing was not legal. Those waves, you would get sucked under. Yeah, it was big. It was it was one of the first wave pools in the country. It was kind of like an experimental. Like everything at Action Park was everything. to some degree experimental. The thing yeah. people may not know about it is it was one of the first three or four water parks in the country. So you had like Wet and Wild, you had Schlitterbond, you had Disney's River Country, and you had Action Park. Those were the first four water parks in the country. Prior to this, you had like old swimming holes and whatever else, but you didn't have like a formal water amusement park like this. So all of the ideas there, you know, nobody knew what a water park was. They had to basically experiment and you kind of see a lot of these like evolutionary dead ends as they come up with ideas that don't really work out super well, right? So they're building these things and everything's like a new idea that either an employee is coming up with, that Gene himself is coming up with, or some like dude at an amusement industry convention and like some random table behind all the big guys. The guy like, Disney hiding. won't even talk to. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> Gene would say, they would come to Gene with like ideas and he would say like, let's build this without any testing or any engineering or anything, even if they never built a prototype, even if literally all they had was like an idea. So we talk in a movie about the man and the ball and the ball, which was a ride where this dude would literally get into a ball and roll down a mountain. Uh, of course, it didn't really work. And he ended up going over the highway and ending up in the swamp. Uh, but so that was sick. I never heard about that. Even seeing oh, that, was I was awesome. like, that happened? Yeah. That happened. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so, so that ball ended up uh, sitting in a swamp, for, I think, for a number of years until some employees years later fished it out and turned it into uh, like an obstacle at the ski resort's terrain park. So like snowboarders <laughs> would be grinding on it. I think they painted it to look like a globe eventually. Um, but all these I, rides, I mean, yeah. So, so nobody had built these things before. There's no prototypes. They're just just trying them. So so what I love that you explored also in this is like, because the first question that anyone normal would ask is, you know, how did this happen? How did New Jersey let this go? And how did he not get cited? And how did he not have oversight? And you answer these questions very well. Yeah, it's complex and it's multi-layered. I mean, the simplest answer is simply it was new jersey i mean like it's like i think that's kind of the tldr of it like yeah in I the mean, late 80s know, yeah it was or 70s through mid 90s but really like it's new jersey you know like yeah let me but let me get like, the state right like didn't he fight the state to win and he got them to leave him alone 
Well, yeah. So the state was his landlord for the early years because, mm. uh, you know, this the ski resort and action park were, were on lease to land from the state. That meant you got to play by the state's rules because the state's your landlord. He didn't like that. Uh, he wanted to, to change the terrain, didn't want to pay rent and all. He didn't want to have insurance. He didn't have insurance for years. He had a fake insurance company based in the Cayman Islands, uh, but he, he needed up, insurance. Right? Yeah, it was called London and World Assurance, and it was just a piece of paper in the Cayman Islands. Um, and yeah, so but he needed insurance because of the terms of his lease. So it ended up being this like massive hearing, uh, like a three day hearing, 110 count indictment. He pled guilty for like five or six charges of like fraud and theft and embezzlement, a couple small things like that. Um, hmm. And but but the you know the long and short of it, the real outcome was the punishment. Basically, was he was ordered to give up control of the resort. Basically, it's like you can't be in charge of this because you don't follow any rules but he didn't want to give up control so he concocted this crazy scheme where he basically got new jersey's like state legislator to pass a bill to sell him the land for eight hundred thousand dollars uh in exchange and he also like gave him some other land that nobody wanted as part of the deal too uh so he so he got the whole mountain for the cost of like a condo in newark now um and he didn't have the um the state as his landlord anymore and he could just do whatever he wanted at that point basically Right, they were off his back. He could build yeah. whatever sick, insane rides he wanted to. He could have his yeah. fake insurance. And as we say in Yiddish, Shine Fatik, he was done. Off to the races. It was yeah, off to the races, yeah. Yeah. And just building and building, yeah. Okay. So now let's talk for a minute about all what, what's up. Oh, Jason? I just wanted before we you know, I, I was just curious, no, get not to get yeah. off the park too much, but I, I love John Hodgman. I really love Chris Gethard. Um did, yeah. did I but I'm curious. It sounds like Chris had been there a few times. Did John was John a uh, action oh. park guy. Yes, he was. Uh, John. Are these the talking heads. Wait, wait, so are these yeah. the talking heads. Ha, ha, I was Hodgman. just going to ask how great these talking heads were. Yeah, were, were they? You know them? No, no. John Hodgman uh, was our narrator. Yeah. So you, yeah, you know, you know, oh, okay. Hodgman. You know, no, Hodgman, but I'm talking but. about the redhead guy. Oh, that's Chris Gethard. Gethard. You know Gethard. You yeah. Know. No, I don't. I kept watching him. Like, how do I not know this guy? This guy. Oh, he's a the star. best. He's the yeah, best. Yeah. He, he had yeah. a little talk big show. Star, he's that like guy. A big UCB guy. He's amazing. He's very funny. I've never seen um, him in my life, and I'm like, that guy's a star. How did you get? I hope this you're guy? a fan now. He's. I mean, he's genius. A huge fan. He's, huge fan. Yeah. He. Uh, he was in the short I made seven years prior, and he's like, you know, some of his comedy. He's talked about Action Park before because he he went there, and um and Hodgman went there as well. Hodgman Hodgman went there late. He, he went there when when Hodgman was in his 20s, like the last year Action Park was open in 96. But he saw enough. Huh. He saw enough. Right. Uh, yeah. Jason, that right on sad. with that question. Well, I yeah. mean, and I'm just sad. Like, I, I like, don't get me wrong. I like my growing up in Nevada and all that stuff. And I got to mm -hmm. explore a very different type of Action Park um, living in the casino <laughs> world. But there is a yeah, part of me that's life. like, I wish I could live in this 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 New Jersey just for this moment, just for a summer. Just Everybody has their own action park, and I think that's why the the movie kind of like hit a chord. Is because especially if you grew up in this area, in this era, not this area. If you grew up outside this area, in this era, maybe you weren't going to action park, but you were doing your own stupid things, like self destructive adventures that yeah. should have killed you, like BMX ramps or we used to jump, like we used to hop. We used to hop trains. We used to hop. There train. it is, man. Yeah, that's your action <laughs> park. and then jump, and then we had flumes out in a in a that's that crazy connected like Tahoe to Reno, and we jump, you know, cliff jump and 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 ride the flumes. But yeah, yeah, everybody had their action park, and if you're what made action park kind of strange, and I think like worthy of study almost, is that it was these these experiences that were somewhat universal to like the 1980s childhood experience, but within 
the confines of a gated amusement park. <laughs> you know, it's it, that's what makes it so strange. So it's these things yeah, that it was you're like doing legal. Like, yeah, like, yeah and, and go ahead. We're saying yeah. it's okay, and it's not okay. And it has that like veneer of safety because it's an amusement park, right. you know, because because when you go to like Disney World and you go into Tower of Terror, Tower of Terror, Tower of Terror, yeah. uh, no, they tell you, you right the first time, Terror, Tower of Terror, Terror, yeah, yeah. But when you go into Tower of Terror, they they tell, like like they give you this story that you uh -huh. might die because of ghosts and stuff, but it's a story that's like right. no one ever died, no one ever no had one a heart ever attack, died. no one ever had a heart attack, and <laughs> and you kind of buy if you're especially if you're like really young, you're like maybe right. the elevator will drop and it won't come out like, like but right. when you're when you're six years old and you're going to Disney World, you're kind of scared because part of you thinks like it's a little bit real. But when you're six years old and you're going to Action Park, part of you is scared and it actually is real. Yeah. And, and when you're 16 strange. years old and 18 years old and you go in there yeah. and it's like, I, I, I hit 18 in uh, 85, 86. So that yeah. was the peak of Action Park. So And uh, yeah, those indie cars, man. Wow. So, so wait, so you're friends with all these guys, you do the short, so they're all involved anyway. So that's how you get Hodrin and what's the other guy's name? No, 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 no. So, well, Chris Gethard, who's just genius, Chris but I yeah, no, the, sh the short was a different beast. Uh, Gethard's the only person who was in that and, and everything else. And this too, Okay. Uh, every gotcha. other talking head, Hodgman, everybody else was, you know, new, new to this movie. I mean, so, so you go and you shoot this right now. Is it already bought by HBO Max or is this like a thing now you have to take it out and find a distributor? No, it's, it's on HBO Max. It's, it's, it's no, home. No, no, I know that. I know I've seen it. Yeah. There. Now I'm going on my yeah, third yeah. time. What I'm saying is when you finish the movie, did you shoot sure. it under the banner? Of oh, HBO, or did no. you go out and say, you know what? I want to go make this and then yeah. you have to go sell it. And you just end up in this luxury position because of the good work. Yeah. That's it was, what I'm asking. What's the, was what's a, the journey? It, it was a scrappy journey, man. It was me and my buddy, Chris Charles Scott, my co-director, uh, April of last year. I was He lives in Las Vegas. I was visiting him in Vegas. We're getting a drink. And he's basically, he's a filmmaker. He's like, why haven't you done anything with all this action park research you have? I spent like a decade researching the topic, collecting sources, collecting stories, working about the whole story. And I was just like, basically, I need the right, right partner, the right collaborator. Right then and there, we're like, we're going to do it. We had cameras rolling uh, within two months, and we just made it ourselves. Did you put up your own money? We did it in a way that was very, very cheap. You know, like we, we right. a lot of sweat equity. So yeah, no outside funding, no outside anything. Wow! And then you go, you have this finished movie. Finally, how long does it take you? Uh, so we shot it. You're gonna hate me here when I tell you this. We shot the whole movie in about two weeks. Uh, so oh, because we shot you just had to shoot all the talking heads, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and then it's just editing. Yeah, and, so and I don't say just. I mean, and then it was like a, a mammoth. Go it was ahead. like a year of editing. Yeah, so we shot. Okay. So, so it was a. That was the real. That was the real haul. So we shot it. We edited it. Uh, our initial plan was sort of the typical: we're going to go to film festivals and find a home kind of thing. COVID hits. There's no film festivals, right? So Over. we were. So we didn't know what was going to happen, um, but we were super lucky that the movie had gotten some attention already because we had put a trailer out. A New York Times feature had come from the trailer, so it was kind of like out in the consciousness and people knew about it. Uh, and so we ended up with HBO Max as our beloved partners. Who are just the best, right? Do you love just the best. Uh, no, I really mean that. I, no. No, we, really, we work with them a lot, and yeah. I feel like the caliber of shows they're making is even better than what was happening at HBO. It's you know, great. It's just um, next yeah. level.
it's also really cool to be on a streaming service kind of in the early days of the service. I'll say it's a lot of fun. I feel like, uh, you know, they notice you for one, but you, you kind of, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get that carousel placement no matter what. Cause there's only five. <laughs> yeah. <show. laughs> I, I didn't say That's that. That's a good but, point. <laughs> but Jason but cool. did. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's been really, but they're fun. all good. Look who, look who he's placement with in carousel. He's got, you know, his movie, uh, Raised, Ray, by, uh, wolves. Raised by wolves, Raised by wolves. Ravi Patel. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It's like, look at this carousel placement. Selena Gomez cooking show. Elmo's talk show. Come on, that's that's yeah. some genius stuff going on. By the way, that is <laughs> genius. And Scoob, listen, don't get me started. Uh, are you on for a red light, Jason? Yeah, I'm on for a red light. But I, Seth, you know, all right, Seth. Well, I do want to say because I, nice I was thinking about this as you're talking about all of it. This, this, I'm so excited for the success of this because you think about COVID, you think about 2020, and you're, you know, I keep, mm. my hands got to be very small, but you're here, right? This movie is the exact opposite of of what it would be like to live in COVID times, right? Which right makes about the here, so right, right about right here yeah. is the Smash Mouth concert, but here all the way over at the end is you're, I can tell your action. Park. I can tell you're from Nevada because you casually <laughs> drop Smash Mouth references in conversation, which is yeah. which is like Smash Mouth is Nevada, what Bon Jovi is to Jersey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, but that's where it is. Like, it just goes a little bit further. You're like, I, I'm dude, Jason, I, Jason, I go to Vegas like once or twice a year for work stuff. I have seen the dude from Smash Mouth like no fewer than three times just walking around. Just walking around. Just walking around. It's kind of funny because you say that. I, I'm pretty sure I sold them my motorcycle yeah. to the guy from Smash Mouth just last week. Um, there you go. And uh, no, I what, what I always see in Vegas, just saying, kind of tangent a little, is I've gone to the gym three times and I've seen Carrot Top doing leg press. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's big man. He's jacked. If you're not you want to maintain, you gotta. If you're gonna be doing slots, that's that's time to do reps too. You can't just yeah. be doing slots. You have to like be doing your reps. He's got one of those. I heard he's got one of those little like under the desk ellipticals that it brings to the poker tables. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh wow. I, By the way, I'm not saying anything bad about Carrot. Carrot, I love you. No, he will mess with you. <laughs> I feel like he will. I feel like he will. <laughs> He will he will smash you like a Gallagher watermelon. Just be careful, oh, man. Like that's it. Yeah. I don't want yeah, any like, part of carrot top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't want any part he, of carrot top. He doesn't have to go I into his you. magic bag to get those guns. <laughs> no, um, be careful. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we love Dude, you, carrot. Oh, we really do. I Thank you, you so much. And yeah. like I said, um, this I mean, we had a really good time watching it. Me and my wife twice sat and watched this, and it. Cliff watched it twice. And it's a it's a great. It is one of those nostalgia movies. It's like it's like watching every John Cusack movie combined into one thing. Yeah, um, it's so cool. Yeah. And what I you did with I... it is great. And it also does hit hard when you kind of think about it at the end of it. And it it is definitely one of those. We've been doing a lot of stuff with myths this year, but this is a this was a really incredible uh, the true myth. documentary. Yeah, absolutely. Seth, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see whatever you do next. And uh, by the way, we're hanging at some point, so I'll be in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also, I'm, I'm going to go back through the footage. If you find Cliff in there, please send some photos. because I sure kept looking be... for myself. Right. I paused it a lot. I was like, oh, Wait, I might be how, in there. How, how long was your mullet then? That'll help me <laughs> find you from... No, 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 no. I looked like, uh, uh, what's his name? Val Kilmer from Top Gun. I had the Iceman uh, cut. Like top secret. Tips. Top secret, frosted Val tips. Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Seth knows. Absolutely. Willow, welcome. Okay, thank you very much. Willow. <laughs> no, 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 Seth, thank you. You're the one with the red light, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Porges. That guy's uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and also he made a movie that I really, really uh, give a shit about.
Yeah. No, I mean, this is the stuff like I was I kind of writing it down. It's like this, uh, all the stuff, all, you know, every kid's dreams are made of and every parent's nightmares are fueled by. Um, it's yes. such a cool. You could go in 16. I'm driving an indie car with a fake, you know, ID around this track. And it's, it's the fastest thing I've ever, you know, I mean, like, come on. Yeah, no, on, I mean, man. exactly. I mean, Speed well, that's he, he nailed it right when you guys were talking. It's like you want that as a kid. You want the whole fun about being at Magic Mountain or any of that stuff is it's supposed to be dangerous just a little. Like you go upside down and you could fall out. That like that, there's a little bit of that that makes it. The, the minute you realize that you're so strapped in there and an adult where nobody get you know it's very you know uh, just clean and antiseptic is the minute you're like okay, well, I just want my stomach to feel weird. But it, when you when the, the the danger's there, even in horror movies, like you you know you hear the old you know like when you watched Exorcist as a kid or some of the scary movies, like there's a chance that the Candyman came out of the mirror if you did it afterwards. You know, that's right. the fun of being a kid, and that's the thing about Action Park that draws me in a little bit. You know that you know as a kid you're like, oh well, yeah, people really do get hurt, and it's like, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah people, <laughs> die. people really do die. Yeah, they do, and they do. And they do, and they did. And you know, listen, I think I think Seth and, and his partner they handled it really well. They mm -hmm. did not make an indictment against no. Action Park. They, they were real documentarians. Right. Yeah. They were documentarians. They said, Here's the here's the facts, go disseminate it how you will. Yep. And um that's caused me to watch it twice so far. Uh, there's something there's something about it. And there's also something about I think that that idea of freedom that we're looking at that's like, you know, oh, like you said, it's the exact opposite of everything going on. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you right now we're in a place where we're isolated from each other that we can't mm -hmm. connect. Um, and then you go to you think of Action Park as a place where too many people are connecting with fists and drinking and and it's you know, but it's it's awesome. It's like uh that what are those I I don't want to get into the exact part of it, the hedonism stuff in Jamaica and stuff where it's like the, the naked sex islands, but this is like the the island of lost boys from Pinocchio. This is like the place where people can go and just live their id for a moment, you know? Yeah, and also, but Wendy would go visit too. You know, yeah, like, exactly. even the people who were above it were like, yeah. still like, I'll go. I'll <laughs> see what's going on there with these animals. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, and they end up having a good time, by the way. Yeah. One of the things Despite we didn't talk themselves. about with Seth too much, you know, because it's because you and, cut and, me off. Well, I know I have to. I'm trying to be respectful know, of everybody's time. Know, blah, blah, blah. No, but, listen, by the way, I'm thrilled he was here. And, and yeah, me too. Thanks, thanks I'm so grateful. Out. But Go one on. of the things we didn't really talk about is that whole area. And you maybe, and that's why I wanted to ask you about it is this was an area that was primed for like development. This was the, they were trying to make this the Vegas of the East, yeah. right? At a certain point. Cause it was close and, to AC. Yeah. And it had, you know, you had those big, you know, nice areas and Hefner had set up a playboy casino or something in there. What happened mm -hmm. with all that? I mean, I, what, why did it fail? I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, and this is just my instinct is that it's gross, you know, like, mm -hmm. where, like, you know, you're going up to like the, almost like in the middle of Jersey, like, listen, there's places in Jersey. Like if you go to Marlboro, like there's gorgeous places in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I watched garden state, I, <laughs> but there's even nicer places, like, but, <laughs> but, but there are like, you know, but listen, you're in great gorge. You're in the middle of nowhere. And it's not like it's ever got the, uh, like the Vermont rap or the, uh, you know, even the, what was upstate or, um, Killington. That's where everyone would drive to from Long Island. You know, it was like, so people would go up to Killington and then there was another place that they would drive to, but it never got a good, it never got a good rap, you know, it never oh, got really? a prestigious rap because listen, the Hefner thing closed. It didn't last. Right. Everything closed, you know, because right. at the end of the day, you're in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't enough stuff to do to stay right. over. 
you know, and I feel like enough people weren't going to migrate there when you could just go to Atlantic City. Right. And there wasn't enough snow to really keep it up during the wintertime or the mountains weren't quite exciting enough. Um, yeah, that's exactly how- right. I think it was a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I see why people invested. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I was also, I was just going to ask, I'd never been to, obviously I've never been to Action Park, but I did go to what, what I think it's a Magic Mountain now, but the Great America that was in New Jersey. How, how, how did they, how close were those two things together? Oh, I never went to that. You know, I went to Great Adventure. Okay. Maybe it's called Great Six Adventure. Flags? Well, no, no, no Flags, I'm asking. Yeah. I, Six oh, Flags, Six Flags yeah. Great Adventure. Oh, I mean, listen, Six Flags was a uh, top shelf, you know, like Knott's Berry Farm. It's a, you know, mm-hmm. it's a real uh, pristine brand. They're not, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. they're not messing around over there. Everyone is certified. There's actual insurance. Yeah. I, I've uh, been, you know, I actually set up a ride there. Um, the Batman ride about 20 years ago, I helped set up uh, some of the interior of a Batman ride there uh, for my job. What was that like? Oh, it was awesome. We got to ride it. We got to go through and set up all the, you know, set up all the, um, like cool. it was a Batman Joker ride for the Dark Knight. So it was like put cards everywhere, create like little visual experiences, test the ride a million times with the lights on and off. And it was oh. really fun. Um, and I, I like that place. Did, but it, was that open back then too during this time or was this yes. something? That, okay. Yeah. So you'd have a lot of trips, like you'd even have teen tours and the teen tours would go to Six Flags. Um, I don't think they'd go to Action Park. So like Six Flags was the real legit right you know and and action park is like was right next to it's like six flags great gorge vernon valley like they try to just be like no but it's not yeah They're like well, yeah but six flags great gorge vernon valley action park like, no nope, that actually that no, actually separate yourself that leads Go me on. to a question because when i was a kid like you go to the y right if you could mm-hmm. afford it and you could your some parents could send you the y and if you couldn't quite afford it, but there was you needed a cheap place to go and, and a, a nice safe place my, my mom sent me a great place was to the to the wreck the sparks wreck uh, and you go there every day and like on Mondays you do like it would be, you know, Olympics Day and you do a bunch of like Olympic stuff. And then Tuesday would be you go to Tahoe every other week and then Wednesday you would go uh, you do like uh, movie day and you'd watch movie like in the in the thing. But right. I feel like like if you if I was at the Y, you'd go to um, you'd go to Great America or Great uh, at Six Great Flags. Great Adventure Action Park. No, but, if go were, to Action but, Park. but if you were, but if you were, yeah, if you were at the Sparks Rec, they'd send you to Action Park, right? They, yeah, they, you'd uh, go on Action Park. I'd be the wreck for sure, yeah, for sure. They're like, oh, bring it, bring it. They'd have a deal with the tour company. No, we got them. They're fine. Who's gonna miss them? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's how they, it was like latchkey kids, you know, and that's what we were really growing up. I mean, we were latchkey kids, and and that, I say that in the best of ways. Both parents worked. You know, there wasn't any of this, uh, you know, uh, hand holding or, uh, you know, primping, uh, you know, and I'm not saying we're in a, I think we're in a lovely place right now, uh, but you know, it was a little rougher. So we were home alone a lot. There wasn't the same uh, oversight, let's say, you know, I think we're the first generation that they forced the parents to put them in car seats. Right. I can't imagine I was ever in one. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I feel like it was not as quite as mandatory as it is now. Oh, no. Like, we were talking about 68. Are you kidding yep. me? Like, yeah. there's no 69, 70? Like, no. What are they? They're like, get in the back. in a yeah. seatbelt. Like, oh, I, that'd be fine. Hold yeah, it I'm not lap. sure about the, 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 the baby seat, but I do have some pictures of me in a, like, a seat behind my dad on a bicycle that looked like it was just a piece of rope basically <laughs> tied around a piece of plastic. I was like, nope. I, even when I was a kid, I was like, I rode in that. I, well, I'll tell you, man, there's a lot. Of, and that's what you think about with Action Park. Um I just keep thinking about it. I'm sorry. The, he, but he made a great movie. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, that was fun. Thank you again, Seth Porges. Thank you, HBO Max. And let's talk about some other stuff. Right. Did you watch anything last night at all? I start. I, I got. I'm most of the way through the next episode of uh, of uh, 
Wolves. Raised by Wolves, yeah. which we just found out we're going to have someone on the show, you know, on next, next week, week yeah. from the show. Absolutely. So we're having a creative on from uh, Raised by Wolves next yep. week. And then I rewatched the last episode of The Vow again, just to be connected up a little bit more. Okay. So we have some time. I, I thought maybe, I, maybe we, we can just finish yep. where we left off yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd why be great. Why don't you pick up? Okay, great. So why so, don't you pick up? So we pretty much have talked about most of the first two episodes. So we've talked a lot about their, you know, this place that's first just recruiting people to empower them and then starts basically building businesses and forcing the people who are proctors or, you know, higher level people to basically start working for free, working in these different industries, you know, billing people, recruiting more people, all under the guise that they're eventually going to get paid, but then moving that, uh, that carrot every time they get there. So if they hit level one, they're supposed to be able to get paid. No, well, you got to do some free stuff. You got to be billing. It reminded me a lot of, uh, it reminded me a lot of the book, the client, like, or in the lawyers, like you got to be billing until you hit this certain point. Once you're billing, you're billing, you're billing. And then eventually you're going to be a millionaire, but you got to bill, bill, bill or swim with sharks is another one um, where you have these people that you have to, you, you really just fucking with forever. As long as they can take it. Um, I know. Which, listen, and, they were doing just that. But the other thing they do is that, you know, high control group cult thing, which is, oh, if you're not suffering, then you're not pushing through right. your fear. You're not right. pushing through your pain. You're not doing the work. You're not worthy of money. Right. Well, and that's the other part of it. Like when she starts getting frustrated, um, the, 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 the person that is focused that second uh, episode on and she starts pushing back, it's not, you know, I, I have some questions or I'm concerned about that. Their response is, well, you just aren't, you, you've still got stuff you haven't worked through. You're only angry at me because you haven't worked out your demons, which is a baller move. If you're an abuser, like to go that route, it's like the shittiest thing, but it it was a baller move. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, like, um, someone says like, like, let's say I first meet you. Right. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I get that you're a sensitive person, which is a beautiful thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. I go, Oh, Jason, you're sensitive. Right. Don't be sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. So now I can say whatever I want to you. Right. And I'm the emotional terrorist because I can say whatever I want to you. And the second you complain about me bad mouthing you or saying anything negative or anything or acting in any way narcissistic, I go, don't be so sensitive, Jason. Right. You fucking da da da. Right. You know, and, and what are you being so sad? Or buddy, you're just being sensitive. Didn't we talk about this? You can't be sensitive. You have to push through your sensitivity. No, it's nice to be sensitive, you right. know, but they use it against you. Yep. And, they, and it was, it's just incredible where they did. And, and so, you know, and this person is married to Mark, who is, you know, main character of this, right? Right. The Australian woman who's, uh, he's met through Nexium and now wed. Yep. And Mark she's starting was- to see the cracks in the veneer. So Mark Vicente's wife is, is basically tries to quit and they don't really let her at first. They won't let her, her end strong it. And woman though, very strong woman. And she does. And she risks her She's relationship. the one way to have to interrupt. Like I always yep. do. She's the one who started the dominoes. She yep. was the first domino and she yep. stood her to buy her convictions. Even when she had to leave her husband go now, go on. Sorry. Yeah, no. So it's, it's just great that he, that they, um, that he, she did it. Her name's Bonnie by the way. And she's amazing. Um, and so Bonnie decides to leave. She decides that she just can't handle this anymore. And she just sees the cracks. And this is before we even get into what I consider the worst portion of all this stuff, but it is on the big side. And Mark agreed, wants to believe her. Mark wants to be empathetic, but also is invested so hardcore into this thing that he's completely conflicted. It almost destroys their relationship because he is his, his identity is so tied in with Nexium to hit for him to separate himself out. 
and believe his wife is to basically disengage his all his beliefs at this point um which is an is an incredible incredible challenge and very scary for bonnie for both both for bonnie and for mark well, i mean yeah you know, let's bonnie, take a minute because bonnie's basically saying i can't can't be with you if you can keep doing this and mark's like i want to believe you and i love you so much and at the same time i have not seen this and i'm trying i i trust this so much that i've made nexium part of my whole life like it's part of my soul now you're asking me to get rid of part of my part of me you know or you're telling me that my soul has been corrupted exactly Right, you're telling me one of two things, or you're full of shit, which is the much easier thing to believe. Okay, this is why I want to take a moment here because this was the moment where I felt like it lifted off from other uh, docu series and went into a very interesting place. There was a decision, and this is just based on the strength of one woman, one human, Bonnie. Right, she decides I've seen something, I've seen this bad thing, and I'm leaving. And she says, please come with me. And Mark, who's like, you just said it eloquently, so I'm not going to repeat it. And he says, I, I don't know. So it's almost easier for me to believe that this didn't happen. And what we see happen in episode three, do you want to say it? Because this was the thing that really locked me when yeah. he decided. Oh, yeah. When he decided to go. I mean, it was a weird said, thing. I'm where with he, you. Yep. Sorry. I'm with you. I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, and he had just spent every day with, you know, every single day interviewing. Over a decade in a cult. Yeah. But and 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 going there, they were working on TV pilots and cartoons and and, and films and and he was interviewing him every day and not you know and 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 finally just goes all right I'm with you I'm leaving and he does it but it yeah and he just it, well and I I thought that was a really brave call he made you know it's because 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 David is such a manipulator and to hear that call where he's like listen there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't line up you're telling me this you're saying Keith is what, such a manipulator. Oh, Keith, sorry. Keith, yes. No, no, I'm just making sure I'm following. Yeah, yeah, Keith, Keith sorry. Keith, yeah, Keith. When he, when when Mark calls Keith and just kind of calls him out on all this stuff, and then uh, basically Keith just keeps running around in circles with this, you know, these different But he pieces doesn't deny it. He doesn't deny it ever. That's what's really interesting. Nope. He listens to it and just kind of, he tries to, ex, in a weird sort of way, explain it away in the best He's way he can. He's also trying to use the work, I think, too. Yep, yep. He's like, well, is this something coming from you? And right. Right. I mean, yeah. This is, oh, yeah. He's trying to. Well, he's, all of them. I mean, it's I mean, I think this is another one of those cult or abusive person tactics mm -hmm. is you got to build a wedge. Right. So you have to build a wedge yes. between him and his wife, because if you can get him to think, well, keep thinking, well, she's full of shit or crazy, you can keep him. Um, but if you can't put that wedge between them, you know, he's lost. Yeah, and especially if it's one domino, but it doesn't hit any of the other dominoes, it's useless. The domino's useless. It's just laying out at the back of the board, right? Yep. So that's what this guy Keith figures. He's like, I could just get rid of her through Mark, so I'll make my hold on Mark more. And it yep. uh, didn't work. It backfired completely because Mark's a good person, and he did not know. Listen, when you say you did not know, okay, so let's talk about that, Chase. What do you think? Do you think it's like you're so indoctrinated into the belief system of the cult that you really are oblivious? Like you're, or is it that you kind of know, you've kind of see things, but you're suppressing it? Or um, do you just know and you ignore it? I, I really think, wonder. I, you know what, honestly, I think for a lot of this stuff is, I think that you, I, I really, and I think this is true for a lot of things because I, I mean, I'm not calling anything else a cult, but when you want to believe something, and you're in doc, you know, you're part of it enough. It's not that you don't know, but you've justified why. Like, it's not that it's bad because it's just part of the process. So you see these things happening. Yeah, they got to work. You got to suffer. We we do that with, 
you know, there's there's certain things that, you know, as a as a Christian or a Mormon, you just take for granted. This is just how it is. And as a, you know, in in and if you're, you know, ideology and group, you know, group think wise, you um, a human being has a tendency to align their views and beliefs with the people that they identify with. So if you identify as the next person, you mm-hmm. you you will subconsciously start to take on all of their traits, even if those things originally aren't person part of your personality profile. I don't think they don't know, but I think that they've justified them out and are looking at them in a different in a way that makes them palatable. Right. And then Bonnie comes along and basically smacks her husband's face, you know, 19,300 times. And I don't want to say that, that, but really he stayed and she left. He didn't immediately go, hey, I'm with you, you know, and he re- really tried to justify it. And then he yeah, did. Well, and then and that's what I was really impressed by. I mean, that's me, too. That's something that, that you know, it, it's weird. Like, you know, I was. I was uh, Plato's cave. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With, with stuff like this, you know, it took me a long time to move from being a Christian and a Mormon to being, you know, what I am as an atheist. Um, And a lot of times it was deprogramming myself in steps, right? I couldn't like justify one thing without justifying the other. And it it tumbled a lot of my belief systems um, to the core. And like I told you, Herman Hesse's uh, uh, Damien was one of the things that helped encourage me to figure out my own plan. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, it just takes steps. And so when you can finally make those big leaps and kind of go, okay, I've deprogrammed myself enough to take that step out. That's a huge epiphany for a human being. And I'm impressed that Bonnie was able to do it faster, but that she was able to convince her Mark, Mark to pull out. Right away. Very incredible. Yeah. She did it right away. And she stayed out even with the pressure to go back yeah. in. She stayed out and she got him to go. And then he clicked. And yeah. then he talks to Sarah, which is how we started the doc. Right. And then that's Sarah's and then Sarah's journey is even scarier. And, you know, we can get into it a little bit, but now's yeah. the part where, you know, his, uh, starts uh, unraveling the yeah, weight's the coming off all these women. Okay. Yep. So yeah, let me just set this tone. So you have the number two, Nancy Saltzman's daughter becomes best friend. Lauren Saltzman becomes best friends with Sarah, who's Mark Vicente's partner now in yep. their Nexium business. They opened up the Vancouver center. By themselves. So they owned the Vancouver Center. So they were seeing real money from this cult. Like they yep. were sitting atop the her, pyramid under Mark. Yep. And 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 this is her whole job. Sarah's this is they where she's making her entire living. Yep. Vested in this, right, Jace? Yeah, absolutely. So now he calls her up and he goes, Listen, I've heard some stuff and uh, you know, I don't think I, I'm out. And he says, I heard some stuff about a brand, and you just hear her go. And she's crying and she got the brand and it's interesting that she got the brand and she was not someone that Keith wanted to have sex with or tried to have sex with. She was his facilitator. She did. She was unaware that she was helping to groom these people. Mm -hmm. And the second, but the second they got to her, what do you think? Did she pop out too or what? What did you see? Well, no, I I mean, I feel like it was another one of those things that there's slow manipulation that really got her, to a certain point, we haven't really talked about it, but it's the cult. Uh, what, what, so this is SOB, SOM, SOP, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, but it's slaves and masters, DOS. It was right? DOS. It was DOS. Right, DOS. DOS. Right. DOS. Right. Right. And uh, dominance sub- and submissive. Over submissive. Submissive. No, right? Dom is over submissives. Yep. And uh-huh. so they basically, you know, 
with the help of uh, this woman and these people basically created this this sex cult. Uh, and it was it's basically like not to not to put any like to lighten it too much, but it was like the Amway or Arbonne of sex cults. Sex it's cults. a pyramid scheme sex cult, right? Where each each master had six slaves and those slaves could have six slaves and those slaves could have six slaves. And but if you those had slaves a, had to collateralize, they had to give them some piece of blackmail right. they could use against you, naked pictures, right. you know, right. you were molested, whatever it is, write it, put it on video what, so they could, whatever they can bless. So basically, yeah, you had a master and a, and a slave too. And you had, you collected monthly, monthly blackmail basically to, mm. um, to keep you there. Collateral is what they called it, which is a really interesting way of describing blackmail pictures so they would take naked photos of each other they would they would say horrible things about their husbands they would talk about a thing that they did when they were whatever and all yeah, my just, husband beats my kid yeah when the husband never touched the kid never touched a them, great just, dad just to have it out there so that that can go out there if they ever tried to break any of these these pieces and so now they've created this well they're also being forced to lose weight they're on very yep. strict 1500 or 1100 calorie a day Something. diets yep. same thing jim jones used in guyana same thing every cult leader uses they starve you they work you they starve you they give you sugar mm -hmm. and then they feed you full of their bullshit beliefs right and they also in in the way it worked wasn't really they weren't also very clear about what they were getting into they kind of started like hey this is a great thing and in a weird sort of way, the master slave thing on a one to one level worked for a lot of these people. So that, you know, when they talk about Sarah, it was Sarah, a metaphor, right. And so, so for a while, Sarah's working just one on one with her master and she doesn't know. And then before she knows it, she's popped into a car blindfolded and taken over to Alison Mack's house um, to, to get the brand to not just to get the brand, but also meet five other girls who are also slaves for that woman. Right. That's the first time they all even saw each other as in anything else. They knew each other, but they had no idea they were all part of the same pod, coven or whatever you want to call it, you know? And wait, there's some of the girls are girls that Sarah was responsible for recruiting through her center. So Absolutely. This is now sex trafficking. Yeah. Unbeknownst or benounced. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 then but it but once she was aware of what she was into, it was very known. She knew what she was doing because they were telling her who to recruit. Yeah, but she didn't they were know looking through photos because she wasn't having sex. She wasn't being asked to have sex. She was being used as a uh, conductor. Yeah. yeah, she was she was a facilitator, which in a weird sort of way, when she came to that realization is where I hope she you know, we won't we don't know yet. But we hope she made the change. But that's, you know, in a weird sort of way, being the madam doesn't make you any better than being the bottom bitch you know <laughs> no listen and it just gets more twisted from there so i think we have to leave it here yep. for now but everyone catch up if you're not caught up and uh on wednesday again we will of next week we will uh reconvene on the yeah. val absolutely and just so you guys know we're gonna have a little bit of earlier show tomorrow because i gotta head back from phoenix to la so we're gonna do a 12 o'clock tomorrow um yeah. get excited we've got a great show for you and uh, maybe it'll be early enough that nancy can stay the whole time Hey, I like that. All right, everyone, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman. I love you, everybody. Have a good one. It's time to quarantine.